The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. is everywhere four heroes find three heroes find themselves in the podcast precinct porcupine <laughs> what is his name i don't even know i had it all figured out he usually earlier. gets a new one every week but he's like not here porcupine so. jones with his quills of justice is this gonna be like your stick from now on where you just can't do an intro Greg, <laughs> who can't say an intro in less than two seconds it's all ruined <laughs> And Matt Johnson, who can sweat so profusely in under two minutes, he can fill a large Olympic pool. They are the podcast precinct. <laughs> yeah. I had this whole thing planned. I was watching like 80s cartoons, and then I immediately botched it. <laughs> you did. It was like watching you wrestle. Uh, oh, you. Hey, guess who still actually does it? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. We're all alone today. We're our uh, minus our mediator, uh, which I, I feel like usually our mediator jumps in on one of our sides and makes things worse. Usually. But usually. As always, I am Greg Knowlton, one of the three here at the podcast precinct, part of your podcast precinct panel discussion super teams. Um, I am here with, as always, with the, my wonder twin. I've upgraded from Sidekick. Yeah. I did it. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Matt Johnson, everybody. Now one of us can like form of a piece of cake, and the other one can be like shape of a spoon. We could. Well, if you go on Twitter, everything's cake nowadays. So, um, <laughs> What? You ever see, like, now, like, I, I was just looking on Twitter, and they have, like, these images of things that, like, look like something else. Like, they actually oh, look like Oh, and they're real. always cake. They're always cake. It's like, oh, look at this vacation. No, that's a piece of cake. <laughs> At this vacation, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, it probably it's is. Late, it, dude. It, I had a long. <laughs> it's understandable. No, I probably a vacation probably very well could be cake on Twitter yeah. world. Um, look, at, look at that's that nice sand is actually frosting. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> so we're here. Uh, yeah, like Greg said, no porcupine Jones, aka Micah. Um, aka whatever nickname I he said, was. I almost said like Spike Lee. I was like, that's wrong. That's definitely that's <laughs> definitely wrong. You never know with him. You never know with Micah. Uh, what kind of name he's going to bring to the table. But he is not here this week, so me and Greg holding down the fort. And uh, some more comic book talk for you, of course. Uh, first and foremost, got to give a shout out to our wonderful sponsors. First, uh, Fat Man's Pizza, located at 2712 Niagara Falls Boulevard in Tonawanda, New York. Uh, great pizza, wings, subs, and more. I'd Highly encourage you guys to support them as they have supported us. If you live in the Niagara or Erie County area of Western Western New York, uh, go check them out. If you happen to be passing by, please uh, please do. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, if you want to give them a call, 716-693-7477. They're doing uh, pickup and delivery, of course. Uh, they're on all forms of social media, including their own website, FatManPizzaWNY.com. Also, our newer sponsor... Your newest newest sponsor. New. Uh, 
Oogie Games of Niagara Falls and specifically the Niagara Falls branch. Uh, our good friends there are located at 2406 Military Road in Niagara Falls, New York. They're open seven days a week, opening around noon. I think they close around 8 or 9 p.m. But if you have old video games sitting around and either A, you need some cash, or B, you just want to upgrade. Take them to Oogie. Sell, buy, sell, trade. They have a wonderful stock there and a good, just fantastic customer service. Also, if you want to book a party, they have party rooms. They have party rooms, all right? Three-hour time blocks. You can uh, you can play, th- choose from thousands of video games. You can play on eight HGTVs, multiple consoles. And uh, also, if you let them know, if you uh, let them know that you heard about this part, the parties through our show or any of our shows on the network, um, they will get thrown a free pizza for your for your for your party, which is pretty cool. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't also, know that. Oh yeah, that's a that's a little perk for uh, listeners. Give them a call seven one six two nine eight four two six three if you have any questions or want to set up one of those little mini parties. So. And always watch their Facebook as well as um, just. You know, give them a call if you're curious for special events like Magic the Gathering events and game tournaments. Um, right now, some of that may be on hold, but I know they love to do that stuff, especially when a new set comes out. So keep an eye out uh, if that's something you like to do on a Friday night. Yeah, they actually did. Uh, they did a full ma- weekend of Magic. I think uh, the weekend after we got, we picked up the sponsorship, Sweet. which is really neat. Uh, so I don't know what we have in news. I have, today. You have I have a things? whole bunch of news. All right, so I got to remember my got... news. I almost just dropped was video game news. I'm going to share it anyway because it's still cool. Okay, I just got to make sure because uh, Micah has some recommendations. He has some recommendations. Uh, my quick news is um, first of all, I've seen a lot of my friends posting about it, and I actually saw it not too long ago, and I'm pretty excited. This is comic book related. This is a new comic book series uh, is coming out in September called The Last Ronin and it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles but it's like Old Man Logan where three of the other brothers had died and one of the Ninja Turtles is still alive they haven't revealed which of the four brothers he is Um, it's very there's times it looks like it could be Raphael's mask but there's times it just looks black um, that's comic extra for you, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, but anyway, he, it's all about this character, this specific brother, like it's old man Logan style where he's in a world without the other turtles, um, and kind of going through the motions and he's, I've seen him, he has like a broken staff. He has only one of, uh, Leonardo's store swords. So it's really cool. It, I'm super excited for this run. It feels like one of the more old school gritty Ninja Turtles runs. Um, that looks like Bruce Prichard more than Cornette. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so it's really it's a really cool comic. I'm actually super excited for it. I've been talking a ton, a ton about Dark Knight's uh, Metal or Death Metal, which comes out tomorrow's num- issue number two is tomorrow. Uh, if you listen to this or Wednesday uh, on Free Comic Book Day, boom. Or not free comic book day. Poop. That was the other piece of news I wanted to talk about. I'm glad I mentioned that. (laughs) Uh, On comic book release day is Dark Knight's Metal tomorrow. Um, Oh, cool. I will let you take over real quick. I do have more news. Unless you want me to keep rolling. If you, you, you can keep rolling. I can okay. save Micahs for the end. Quick, re- quick the news. End. Uh, so you're looking for comic book-related TV to watch. Uh, this isn't Micahs. This is actually something I'm um, pushing right now because uh, I've been watching a lot of Netflix. But um, Old Guard, which is originally a comic book about um, about Immortals, um, starring Charlize Theron, has had amazing reviews on Netflix. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It's a, it's a two-hour movie. Um, I've heard really great things about it. And 
they are hoping to get enough attention to continue the series into a full trilogy. Um, and I've just heard it's got a really high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's one of the first like Netflix movies that a lot of people have really fallen in love with in a while because I feel like they were kind of missing something that the shows had. So that's huge. Uh, number two is Warrior Nun. Used to be a 90s, car- or a 90s comic book about scantily clad war- nuns. It's not anymore. <laughs> it's a really great story. Um, whether you are a Christian, not a Christian, love supernatural stuff, love swords. This gives me like 2000s vibes like Blade or Buffy the like or Angel and kind of that like weird it, it meets a really solid ground of like action drama that I, I actually really dig. It even had like a Riverdale vibe to it at times that I was okay with. Okay. Um, I really like the show so far. I haven't gotten too far into it, but it is is super well done. Um, it's got a solid budget. The action in it is amazing, but it is a story-driven comic book about a young girl <coughs> who is dead, who ends up receiving the halo of an angel um, from an order of nuns that fight demons called the Order of the Cruciform Sword. And it is about her coming of age after being a quadriplegic and now being a living demon fighter. Um, <laughs> that picture. And also there's like a bunch of science involved in it. And, and it's really well done. I, I, I really enjoy um, the series so far. And then the last thing is if you just came off the Hamilton ride, if you really liked Hamilton and like most people were stolen by David Diggs's performance as Thomas Jefferson... He's also in a comic book TV show on TNT. It just wrapped up called Snowpiercer. Um, it is all about a trans-Siberian um, train that people are actually living on. The oh, world I've in. watched just bits and pieces. It's really supposed to be really good. It's an interesting concept. It's like Hunger Games on a train. There was a movie also with Chris Evans on Netflix at one point. Yep. Um, but the show is supposed to be super well done. It's supposed to have like a... What's the word I'm looking for? Like a a feel or a theme of like similar to The Walking Dead. Okay. Tone. Tone similar to The Walking Dead. Uh, it looked great. I, I watched a little bit of the beginning. I watched bits and pieces. I don't fully follow it, but it's actually, I mean, it's not a bad show. Super it's not solid. A bad show. Eight, only eight episodes, uh, about an hour, and hour or so per episode. So, yeah, check that out. That is my Netflix news. Um, number two that I want to quick this is like my video game news kind of sort of but I know a lot of people on this podcast love this so today as of August 1st Lego dropped the new Lego set of Mario it is a a classic Nintendo that you can build which then plugs into a TV you can build that is has a working Mario game when you spin you can get even get to build the cartridge. It's a two hundred and thirty dollar Lego set. Uh, I was talking to our friend of the show, Will, already about it, and he said his wallet hurts from the news, but it's so <laughs> cool. Um, it does look really. Cool. I'm I'm really excited to get it. I want it for the studio. I I do. I want it for my house. I want it for my studio. I want a couple of them. Um, it's super cool, and it actually has. There's another Mario figure that like interacts with it. So while you're playing, it'll like make noise and like play music uh, if you buy that separate figure. The last quick thing. Starting, I was right. I knew I was right. Starting tomorrow is Free Comic Book Day. Free Comic Book Day tomorrow, but time of release July fifteenth. So Wednesday. Yep. Free Comic Book Day is starting July fifteenth. You want to know something super cool? Free Comic Book Summer. Every Wednesday until September 9th, there will be a free comic book release or more at your local comic book shops, including 
Queen City Bookstore, Pulp 716. A lot of our local shops are all involved in this. Um, and I have seen like X-Men titles involved. I saw some weird stuff. I wish my phone didn't just freeze. <laughs> um, there are a ton of awesome titles involved. Um, they're they're super bummed about having to move it back from May. So there is a complete listing of 45 free comic book titles, including 10 gold sponsor and 35 gold spon- or 35 silver sponsor comic books. Um, these comic titles, as soon as this loads, will will like I said, it'll include titles like X Men. Um, there were some Image comics. There was DC comics involved. Boom. So there's a lot of like bigger comics. There's stuff that I've never seen before. Free Comic Book Day is a way, great way to discover something new. Um, yes. I think it go and get something that you normally wouldn't pick up. There's a bunch of cool crossover comics. Um, there's a Spider-Man and Marvel or Spider-Man and Venom comic as well. So, so there's just a lot. It's really cool. I believe Funko is doing some cool stuff. Um, they're doing a free comic book day mystery Marvel box. Uh, so, yeah, it's on. You know what? The postpone was a bummer, but I'm actually super excited. They and made I think up it's for it. It's just the thing the comic book um, company, comic book stores need right now. The comic book industry needs. So that's my last piece of news. Okay. Um, with the last caveat that also on the 22nd is the start of Comic-Con. So keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, I know. I actually had a lot of small news today, um, but I'm pretty excited about all of it. Free Comic Book Day, Comic-Con. Like, I can't wait. It's a lot of good news. I and can't wait. Comic-Con, it's, Comic-Con's exciting. Uh, of course, as you all know, unless you've been living under a rock or pretty much every other country besides the United States, there is uh, – <laughs> it's digital. It's yeah. digital. Everyone else is kind of returning to normalcy. Ooh, I have more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's going to be all digital, so we're going to yeah. try our best to cover it. Um, uh, as, you know, as it's going, we might do some live stuff. Yeah, we might do a recap bonus episode. I'm not sure, but it's all the more important reason to kind of follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, and um, speaking of stuff going on, um, I, I'm thinking of this just because it's important. I'm also on another podcast, Squad Wipe Gaming. This coming Thursday, or not this coming Thursday, the following Thursday, the 23rd, whatever it is, is the Xbox uh, showcase. My brother and I talked about it on Squadwipe. I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> Xbox is currently in talks. There's a rumor that they're in talks with buying Warner Brothers Studios, which would include the Xbox would then own Mortal Kombat. They could possibly own the Lord of the Rings, um, some of the Lord of the Rings titles, possibly have hands in some DC comic books video game titles. That's interesting. And Harry Potter was all is also included in the video game world right now being built. Yeah. Uh, some of those stuff, like certain parts of the main titles will be off the table, but Xbox could take games like Shadows of Mordor um, or maybe an oh, Injustice man. game as an exclusive. Yeah. That's cool. That'd be big for Xbox, honestly. So, because um, Xbox, I, they, they're, it's really, are I, lacking. it's lacking power wise. It's pretty much on par with the PlayStation yes. four or well, yeah, PlayStation, five. but yeah. PlayStation four or five, whatever it is. But, uh, they've always lacked an exclusive and that's why I've never been an Xbox guy. My one thing I wanted, I do say, I will say is with this deal, there's a chance, uh, Warner brothers or, and, and, uh, Xbox can get together and make, an Xbox equivalent of something like a Spider-Man exclusive game. 
which could be really cool. That would be deep. Give us a Nightwing-only Batman. Give us a new character like a Superman. Uh, and, and so I was really excited about the prospect of that. Um, even like a, a Blue Beetle, something totally out there. Yeah. I'm Booster all gold. for Booster Gold. Time travel. <laughs> Give me like Booster Gold, Ratchet, and Clank. Or Blue like uh, like a... Even a Green Lantern, like Space Cop, yeah. kind of thing would be would be pretty sweet. So I'm I'm all for it. Um, I, I'm really excited to see what gets developed. But yeah, that's so that is officially the last of my news. There might be some announcements about that if something has gone through either Xbox the Xbox conference or Comic Con. Uh, but it is all speculation right now, so who knows? Okay, very good, very good. Uh, and of course, our movie recommendations of the week. Coming from Mike via text message um, last week, I think I think last week was the first week we started doing this, and I think it's a pretty cool idea. Uh, is rec- recommendations Hellraiser two on uh, Amazon Prime and Hulu, or the Joe Briggs version uh, on Shutter? Also for a TV show, his recommendation: Son of Zorn on Hulu. It is a live action sitcom, but He Man. But there's an animated character in it. Oh, okay. From who's basically He Man? So Son of Zorn actually looks really funny. Okay. I looked it up. Sounds cool. Sounds pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, so that's it for our our intro yeah. stuff. Um, we're gonna get ready to review some comics and boogie on out of here. So I will start off if that's okay. Screw you. Uh, I'm not like a pro wrestling fan anymore. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the sport, and and I just I used to be a part of it uh, pretty heavily. I just kind of like. My interest in it has like dwindled, but there are, I do. There are some aspects of it that I do appreciate, uh, and one of the most probably polarizing figures in all of pro wrestling currently is uh, a man by the name of Jim Cornette. All right, uh, love him or hate him, Jim Cornette is very, very controversial, uh, but you cannot take away his knowledge of the history of professional wrestling. Can't take it away. I do think he was just part of the speaking out movement too. He might have been. I, I wouldn't doubt so. it. I feel like everyone from that era might be. <laughs> yeah, wrestling, dude. Pro wrestling is just—it's—it's it's in a weird, weird space right yeah. now. Um, but uh, but aside from that, uh, the history of pro wrestling is actually something that's always piqued my interest, and I think nobody's done a better job of of yeah. collecting history uh, than Jim Cornette. I think uh, I seen a video. It might have been one of those. It might have been the same channel that does the. Uh, it Dark does Side the of the Ring. Dark Side of the Ring, yeah. whatever channel does that. They actually had like Vice. a thing of Vice. Uh, they actually went through his like little museum, and he's got old like rules and match cards and magazines. Like He loves it. He loves what pro wrestling used to be. Uh, so I was very interested. I was like, oh, I'll do something different. Kind of get me out of my, uh, my usual rhythm of Marvel characters or popular DC characters. So I went and uh, I was like, oh, let's look up some pro wrestling comic books. And this one came up called Jim Cornette Presents Behind the Curtain, Real Pro Wrestling Stories. And it's this picture of him uh, just on the cover. Interesting art design, almost like a cell shading uh, type deal. But it's just him in front of a silhouette of a ring and two wrestlers. It's kind of cool. But yeah, so we're going to dive into it a little bit. Basically what the overall thing it well he gives like a history of like a brief history of you know pro wrestling about how it came about and um it was kind of a way to for for money it was a, it was obviously money fixed boxing matches and, and wrestling was actually a lot easier uh to fix or quote unquote work um 
than it. So uh, that's really how the popularity of it became and, and, and why it is to this day. You know, things are a lot more open. But uh, the book it starts off with him just pretty much introducing himself. Oh, as if I need an introduction. I'm Jim Cornette. My friends call me Corny, and my enemies call me many things. One thing, they'll all admit I'm an expert on pro wrestling, which cannot be denied. First laid eyes on that magical ring when I was only 10 years old. And he's talking about his history, uh, you know, on it. No matter whether it's the biggest worldwide pay-per-view or a mud show at the county fair, all wrestling events have one thing in common, a curtain. A curtain for the wrestlers to walk through to enter the arena. A curtain to separate the fans' world from the wrestlers' world. It's meant to separate the worlds of fantasy and reality, but which is which? And uh, it's basically him. I think it's like there's like five, six, seven mini stories. It's a published book. Uh, it's wow. just him recounting stories. And there's some really, really cool stories, all right? Uh, the first one, I looked it up. This is all true. Uh, he talks about Memphis down back in the 50s and how... Arenas in Memphis uh, had a gym, like a gym, uh, a crow. They called it the crow's nest, but because of Jim Crow laws, hmm. African American fans had to sit in the higher, in the nosebleed section. Wow. Our white fans uh, could not, but uh, or and then the white fans stayed in the, you know, the 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 pretty much premier ones. But um, yeah, they weren't allowed to like wrestling. Like it was, it was a little like. It was a little weird, but this guy, um, this first story is called The Man Who Defeated Jim Crow in Memphis, and his name is Sputnik Monroe. All right, he's legit, 100% legit wrestler, and he actually helped uh, wrestling diversify and I guess come together uh, a a little bit. Uh, What he did, uh, well, he he just he had this like shtick where he just he just. He had this opportunity. He wanted to be a star in Memphis. Uh, he would wrestle bears and like 600-pound bears. He boxed former boxing champions. He did whatever he could uh, to, uh, you know, to kind of be the man. Uh, and this is all like legit, like commentary, like or like promo verbatim. And uh, but he, he became he he felt horrible. He hated that, you know. He hated how the white fans treated mm. Af- black fans. Understandably so. And, and actually, he, he's he, a foreigner. Is he actually Russian? Did I they say? think it's just his gimmick. Uh, wait, no. Let's see. Roscoe Monroe Brum- Brumbaugh had just turned thirty when he arrived in Memphis, Tennessee, in December 1958. He was born in Dodge City, Kansas. Okay. So. So it was a gimmick. Okay, so it was, was a gimmick. I was curious. Um, but they're like, uh, you know, all the all his African American friends, like, yeah, tell those rednecks what's up, and it became a, it became a uh, a popular. He he embraced it. He loved them. Of course, he loved his fans, people who spent money on him. And he did whatever he could to. Uh, he actually cut a promo on TV. He put cut a promo on TV, uh, and this is verbatim from the comic book. My Negro friends are being turned away from the Ellis Auditorium, even when there are open seats in the white section. This is how it's going to be. If blacks aren't allowed in that building, I ain't wrestling here. Memphis won't see me again. And he became a very controversial figure. He became. Um, he just got fined. For standing up for them, that's how just shot the South was uh, back in the days. But he really rallied support. He uh, behind this, and it kind of shows him. He actually, <laughs> he actually brought out a manager who was a black man, and uh, kissed him on the cheek on live TV. And he saw this this granny. This he got real heel heat um, from these these racist <laughs> these racist mm-hmm. folks. Uh, but it was kind of a like it, it was a very interesting story. They caused it caused a straight up riot where he like he beat up a fan and this and that, but he really helped. Um, kind of looks like 
Rick Matrix a little bit. Uh, <laughs> he really, he really brought like them together. Like there's a scene, and I guess this is a pretty much actual uh, uh, thing where this this older like African American woman, she was crying, and uh, you know the, because he got them to change it, and he really unified the world of pro wrestling. So that was the first story. But his his tights and stuff, they're, he's he's in a museum right next to like Elvis and BB King down wow. in Memphis. Uh, so that's how big it was. This one's funny too. That's the so the artwork is like very Saturday morning cartoon, uh, like yeah. it gives me like but more like recess vibes. Yes, something like that. Yeah, like, it's I I like it. I actually. do too. I, this, do I think this lot. book came out in twenty eighteen. Um, twenty eighteen. So all right. So here we go. Uh, we're we're uh, the next little mini story is the man who knew the sheik's name, and a, a very familiar name popped up uh, from my pro wrestling days. And I was like, oh, dear God. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, So for most of the 20th century, there were at least two dozen territories in the United States. This is all Jim Cornette speaking. Each run by a promoter that guarded his fiefdom like a mafia boss. The Detroit area was controlled by Edward Farhat. Does that name sound familiar? Any relation to? They're related. (laughs) I think it's his dad or something. (laughs) Or brother or something like that. I legit think it. That explains so much. I lost my mind when I seen this oh, in the book. Oh, that's so awesome. All right. Um, Edward so Farhat good. was the Sheik. Okay. That was his shoot name. And I don't even know if the weird guy that messaged me on Facebook, Eddie Farhat, I don't, he might have been the Sheik. No, I don't think he uh, – no, he died. No. He died. There, but there is relation there. Um, yeah, he used to insane. bill him. He used to bill him. He's, yep. in, he's out of his mind. Uh, but some – they show his dirty tactics, fireballs, this and that. He was very protective of his gimmick. And uh, some kid from, was it, oh, Michigan State, some wrestler from Michigan State showed up and told him that everyone that he knew Sheik was Ed Farhat. And Ed found this out and lost, choked the dude and I'll kill you and this and that. Uh, and that was kind of the, yeah, he was just very protective of his gimmick, but that was that. Uh, then it cuts to, this is probably my favorite bit of the, the whole thing, the king and the man of the moon, and this was the Jerry Lawler uh Oh, Andy Kaufman. They, oh, he covered yeah. this part of it. And how Kaufman seen pro wrestling for what it was. It was a just a, an amazing art form. And, and honestly, like if you look back on this feud, they, they oh, it's so good. It's really like very well done. I feel like if we were to do something like this locally, like former host Gullo would be so good for it. <laughs> he would. He'd be so good for it. He really would. I, I 100% agree with that. Uh, he loves his wrestling history and, and – all this stuff, but he's, he's, they talked about. And he's a big Kaufman fan. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, but he, he, you know, Kaufman was this genius, and like he wrestled women. He called himself the intergender wrestling <laughs> champion, and it eventually drew the ire of Jerry Lawler, who was historically one of the biggest heels down in the Memphis territory. He made him this big baby face, and it made national news. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about their match and how Andy, uh, how Jerry Lawler spiked him on his head. I think not once, not maybe twice. Uh, but with the pile driver and how Andy was like asking for an ambulance and Jerry Lawler's like, no, that's five hundred dollars. It's not in the budget. And, <laughs> and Andy Kaufman straight up goes, "I'll pay for it." He told the referee that he'd pay for it or something like that. It's it's this is all like verbatim and wow. true. And uh, they just I think uh, was it the Jim Carrey movie that he played Andy Kaufman? I think they discussed this a little. Jerry Lawler discussed this a little bit. Um, but they talk about it, and it actually it, uh, they blur the lines even further. They actually appeared on 
Uh, is that Letterman? Yeah. Yeah, that's David Letterman's show. When he didn't and have hair. Yeah. When he had hair, rather. <laughs> no facial hair, though. Uh, but they're talking. They're sitting right next to each other. This is after the match, and Jerry Lawler just slaps him. Silly. Like, li- live on TV, and it made for very awkward, but it brought a sense of reality to the art form. And, unfortunately, they talk about how Kaufman passed away. Uh, there's some cool p- – okay, there's pictures – they actually Ooh. put pictures in here. Uh, Jerry Lawler let him put the headlock on, and there's the pi- the famous pile drivers. That's and tight. I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, and I won't like keep harping on the like, but they did, talked about the one the uh, the incident where Ric Flair was in the plane crash, and, and there was a couple guys in there with a rival, you know, in that plane that were in a rivalry with each other. So the lines of kayfabe were were like at risk of being exposed a little bit. But apparently Rick Flair is the only one who turned out relatively normal from all of this. Uh, well, normal. Uh, <laughs> alive. Yeah. Everybody else was injured. Uh, the pilot like died a year later. But I remember Rick Flair talking about this in his book. Um, it was a really cool, uh, really cool little bit. But, uh, but yeah, changed, uh, changed a lot of perceptions. They talked about Junkyard Dog and how he became, you know, this 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 southern hero battling the fabulous Freebirds who donned the you know the Confederate flag robes and stuff like that. They were very like southern prideful, uh, and they talked about this one time where some fan jumped over the guardrails and pointed a gun at <laughs> at the uh, the fabulous Freebirds. And Junkyard Dog was in like this weird spot, of, like, like he didn't want to st- he wanted to stop them. But he didn't want to he break kayfabe. He didn't want to break kayfabe. Kayfabe is so different. I feel like yeah. in the past, it's very different. Look at, I think that's supposed to. Because I feel like breaking kayfabe now is like part of the shtick. <laughs> I feel like back in the day, like breaking kayfabe is like giving away your secret as a magician. Like you would lose yeah. your job. You would never find a, a spot again. Exactly, and this is what he dealt with. There, I mean, here's the the thing. JYD especially was especially as a as a black man. Especially. Oh my god, yeah. The extra pressure on it. Yeah. JYD was conflicted on what to do. On one hand, he could disarm the guy and save the free bird's lives, but then he'd show the people he could see the uh, people he could see, and the entire angle would collapse, and consequently, so would the fans' a belief. Of, oh, was uh, he supposed should... to be blind <laughs> at the time? I think they did like a blinded match yeah. or something like that. They did the whole thing where they sprayed him in the eyes. He was supposed yes. to be blind. Yep, there it is right there. <laughs> um, so he was doing that, uh, but luckily wow. the police tackled the would-be assassin, and that was a cool little one uh this is a neat little one too the doctor and his mama uh talking about dr jerry graham who oh, wow. according to jim Cornette, one of the greatest promo guys in history and actually was really masterful at psychology but uh, he kind of lost his mind uh a little bit he was a part of this uh this tag team match where uh there was a there was the first it was a huge riot a bunch of cops and fans got injured uh dick the bruiser got banned from wrestling in the state of new york uh, children under age of 14 were prohibited from attending wrestling at MSG for the next 20 years because wow. of this this match he was in. But he was a big shot. He was great. He was making all the money, uh, doing well for himself. And uh, see, he was started to become like an he started battling alcoholism and mental illness. His mom passed away, and he actually went into the hospital. They talk about this uh, with a shotgun and took her out. Uh, he took her out and put her on her shoulder and tried to walk away, and he got he got his ass kicked. Mental institution, uh, this and that. But they talk about some of the different you know the effects. Like they they build like superstar Billy Graham was like family. I don't know if it's kayfabe or not, but yeah. uh, he kind of paved the way. And then Jerry Graham just kind of fell into obscurity, and that was that. 
Uh, this was a cool one, too. The Mob After Midnight. Mob After Midnight. So there's this tag team back in the day, and Jim Crockett Promotions called the Malky Brothers, Randy and Bill Malky, and they were the world tag team champs. Uh, really, really popular. And one day they were driving through, or there was a straight-up ride. I think Jim Cornette actually used to manage them. Uh, they, they left town in a hurry and whatever, but uh, one time there was this riot. Oh, I know. Was it them? Was it? The, I think it might. Have, was it them? Hold on. I might have, with a car on there. I might have got this mixed up with somebody else. Uh, that the Montreal Screwjob. Oh wait, this is it. Okay. No, this is something else. Yeah, they covered the Montreal Screwjob. They they covered the that like that in this book. Here's another one. Oh, the disposal of bodies. This is the story I was I was actually referring to. Um, Jackie and Don, the fabulous Fargos. They talked about them. I've uh, actually heard that name before. Have it. This is kind of interesting. Uh, they were very interesting. <laughs> uh, very interesting folk. But one day they uh, they picked up a hitchhiker, and they're actually like legit brothers. And they got into an argument. And one of they had been drinking. One of them shot the other one, and the hitchhiker had to help the one that's shit. Yeah, dude, it's insane. It's not what I was expecting. No, it was. It was. Dude, this is crazy. This is a big, very insightful. He gives a bunch of insider terms. Um, he calls him, let's see, Corny's Glossary of Pro Wrestling Terms. He leaves it at the back of the book. He has a dream match card. That's cool. Flash of the icons, which is pretty neat. Uh, Sam Martino and Stone Cold was one of the first ones I spotted. Yeah. Ric Flair, Buddy Rogers. Wow. Rock Dusty. I like that a lot. Dick the Bruiser, Brock Lesnar. Like, I don't hate that at all. And no. That was really, really cool. Um, but, yeah, he really he, he talks about uh, the Montreal Screwjob was the most enlightening one, actually, because he, he says it was his idea. Really? He, he admitted it. Uh, and I think I've seen him say it on interviews before, too, But uh, because he didn't know. He didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to do this finish. And uh, and he went back into his – because he was such a historian. He's like, this is how they used to do it back in the day. And it's actually his – He it was his decision and idea for the, for the Montreal screw job. And uh, he didn't know the ending was actually going to happen that way. And that's what – kind of happened he blames himself because he thought and i found this really cool he was like what are we gonna screw button he's gonna go go on national tv and expose the business yeah and five days later he did yeah <laughs> and he blames himself for that yeah because that was the first big blur break in on national television yeah uh and he blames himself for that i feel like brett's career would have been so different without the montreal screw job yeah like i feel like that's when we, we we don't really mention i feel like uh, when we talk hearts, a lot of times, like if Owen would have lived, he what he would have done for the business. Oh my god! But I yeah. feel like had Brett not been screwed, like the business would have looked a lot different too. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. The hearts are like the Kennedys as far as like yeah. bad luck in in in, in yeah. the field that they're in. I didn't in. even think of that. Yeah. Uh, but I look at them like that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a fantastic book. This, there was so much to this. It is one published, like one. Uh, the published book. It's like one book. It's not a series. It's one huge book. Long Tiger read. Mask and Rey Mysterio. I know. I know. Sheik and Undertaker. Some good ones on here. AJ Styles and Dynamite Kid. I love that. There's love- a lot of cool ones. I invite you guys to find this one. If you are a wrestling historian, wrestling fan, this is definitely worth it. Not only just to understand what I'm trying to elaborate to you a little bit better, uh, but just the visuals it's and there's a, cool a lot book. of stories it's, it's really cool, cool. uh i think not too long ago or no it was one of the first episodes i think it was just 
I think you – it was back when Chris was hosting. You and Chris were off that week, or you couldn't make that recording. So I had Rob Sweet no, call I was in. on. You were on for that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and he, he called in really the cool history book. of the pro wrestling one. Okay. Yeah. It, this is what reminded me. This reminded me of that. So, um, oh, but, yeah, this was, this was a great book. Uh it was really cool. I yeah. really liked it. It almost uh, had a dark side of the ring feel to it. Yes, which uh, is awesome. Which is and cool. we've had like acquaintances in the business be part of that, which is pretty cool. That is true. That is true. But uh, that's my book. So please, everybody, I highly encourage you go check out uh, Jim Cornette presents Behind the Curtain: Real Pro Wrestling Stories. It's uh, it's like I said, love or hate the man. Great wrestling historian. If you're a fan of pro wrestling, uh, I would definitely say this is a must read. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. But uh, yeah, that's my book. Cool. I I've I actually read four different books today, and while we were sitting here, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do something. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that range, that ability to range like that. So I I, I was all over. I I really uh, I was thinking about doing Power Rangers and Nin- the Ninja Turtles crossover we talked about. And then I had contemplated, I love King Arthur. I contemplated a, a King Arthur book um, that I really, really like called Once in Future. Uh, that is really, really cool. And then there was this new book um, that's from the same makers as Chu, which if you remember, that was the guy who ate food and then like got the memories of the things he ate. Uh-huh. And it was all about space travelers and space spirits. And I was like, man, I, I decided to do Netflix as <laughs> And cover Old Guard. Um, I actually have only read the first issue of this book because I feel like there was, like, nudity in the second issue, and I was like, darn it. Yeah, I know. you got to be careful with that. And I just stopped. But so from what I've known, there's actually none in the movie, which is nice uh, for me. (laughs) Other people may be upset. Good boy. I'm such a good boy. Oh, there's a – no! Oh, there is – oh, no. (laughs) Oh, well, scroll past it. That's the only scene of it. So in the very first panel, there's minor nudity. There's, you sure it's the first panel? Yeah, that's the only, pan, that's the only panel. Okay. I didn't look that close. <laughs> um, so basically, the book, in the very first panel, it's shadowed, so you can't really tell. That's why I didn't know. It literally was like a silhouette. Don't scroll up. <laughs> I, I'm not going up any further. Uh, so in the – that's funny that that's how we notice is you blow it up. I'm looking at – I was looking at that same panel on my screen. I had no idea. Um, so we, we follow – I believe her name is Charlie. She's played by Charlize Theron. Andy. And she is in Barcelona. Uh, she just left the bed of another man. She was having like a PTSD attack, but it was of her and like Turkish times. And she comes across these guys and they are um, talking about how uh, Copley reached out and that they have a new mission. And they're trying to figure out like, is he MI6? Is he FBI? They're like, tell Copley we pass. Um, but we can't. And the we can't like take this job and one of the guys is like come on and, and Andy threatens to cut the guy's throat and then cut it again uh, <laughs> uh, because he's pressuring her before she had coffee and then you know they have this like really strong relationship they're goofing around and, and chatting with each other um, and they get another job and they realize um, it is like a hostage situation with uh who sorry no it's not another job what they're currently doing is a hostage situation that basically like the jobs they're working um they're stuck like they have to if they don't do it they're in trouble like they're really they don't have any freedom i know i'm looking down on my phone still um (laughs) it makes it easier for me there we go but so yeah they go out to the bar and andy's like very promiscuous but it's because of like her ptsd it's a big part of her character that she's just like 
not okay <laughs> uh, because of everything she's lived through. So there's they're talking about the company, which is this like corporate group um, that is one of their clients. Um, and they are being set up to go take down a group of armed men that killed teachers and abducted 17 students at gunpoint. And they took the girls, which triggers Andy. Um, so they, they, he hands them the phone and tells them to go, to go handle this. And you kind of get like the whole information, the rundown of everything that's happening. Uh, and they're set to go. <laughs> um, they can't figure out how to use the phones. And that's where you kind of <laughs> get the idea. Thrilled. But it cuts to Af- Afghanistan after they have their little meeting. Um, and there's a young girl named Freeman she walks into a, a group of people in Afghanistan, a group of civilians. Um, um, they're asking her, like, why are you gathering in our home? And they're looking for somebody. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be Osama bin Laden, but it's pretty close. Um, and the woman says, like, there's people here, but, like, they put us in danger and we'll use this as shields. Like, he's a monster. Um and she basically goes, okay, thank you. And they break out the guns and they basically they go to war with these, these soldiers. Um, and she accidentally shoots him to where he's about to die. So they're trying to save him so they can get intel off of him uh, and not letting him die. And when he does this, uh, he actually pulls a knife while they're trying to save him and cuts Freeman's throat. And oh. she dies. And then it cuts back over to South Sudan where we see the group called the Old Guard, um, the main characters. And Andy's sitting there with, like, a machine gun and a super cool axe. I love that axe. Oh, it's in the show, too, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, and they're all decked out. And there's this super awesome scene. And you see, like, kind of their one of them has a sword on his back. One of the guys is wearing, like, an old Templar signia on top of their, like, modern-day mercenary military look. Um, and it shows them go to work. One of them's like a ninja. That's what it is. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and it shows them going to work and like they're taking out this organization. And they get to the bottom and there's a camera pointed at them. I should have said at this beginning, this is like the the, TV, the movie is so close to the comic book. They did, they're pretty good super with the source spoilers. materials. <laughs> uh, <laughs> super great with the spoilers or the source material from everything I've been reading. Um, and... They come across and realize they're in a trap, and there's a camera on them, and they get lit up. The whole group just shoots them to bloody bits, and the panel goes down. They say, right, our turn, and you watch as pieces of their brains are showing, their eyes are hanging out, and their bodies slowly start to heal, and they turn and just take out the whole group of infidels by themselves. Um, Infidels is what they're calling them, and realize it was all on camera being streamed to a remote system so their secret is out and this was all a setup and the fact that they are these immortal mercenaries has been revealed um and then we cut back to to afghanistan to find that freeman is totally healed and doesn't even have a slice on her throat and that's where the comic book ends (laughs) Interesting. That, and that's just issue one. I'm not going to cover all six. It is a very short read. It's only a six-issue read, um, which is why I'm interested how they're going to like extend out the movies, the trilogies. But I do know that I believe his name was Rucka. Rucka um, – Greg Rucka wrote and was a direct 
directly part of everything with the com- the the movie. Okay. He was involved directly with the movie. That's so important. Um, so and I think he even helped write some of the script. So that's huge. Um, and there were some changes that made the script even more interesting. Five issues. Five yeah, issues. Yeah, five issues. Uh, really cool story. There's a ton of cool stuff to it. It is a very interesting cast. I will say it's a very diverse cast. It's cool, like uh, having invincible mercenaries. I think, like as a group, it's kind of a cool. Especially, they're all from different timelines too. So you get some more of that. Like one of them was from Egypt. One of them is from like uh, the Turkish time, and then we have Freeman, who you know you don't know her story right away. Uh, and so it's really cool. It's a really great comic book. I really love. It was one of those ones like it's super annoying because now that I know there's there's like literally the my, most minute scene of nudity probably in every issue if that's <laughs> the case it is because it was literally unnoticeable. I've read this the first issue twice now and had no idea it was there until Matt put it in the big screen. It's my nice fancy computer. Um, <laughs> and it's bar- barely noticeable. It was a shadow, so I'm a little bummed about that. Uh, but it was a really good comic. And again, there's none in the movie. Haha. <laughs> but it's a really great comic. And as far as like diversity wise, it is a very diverse cast. Um, this is actually Old Guard is. Uh, if this interests you at all, I actually find this super interesting. Is the first um, time two men say "I love you" in a superhero movie. Is it? Yeah, two two men in a relationship say "I love you." Interesting. Uh, on the screen in a superhero movie, which is really interesting to me. I actually like. That's not something I normally would think about. And I was reading it. I was like, wow, that's that's actually kind of cool. And I've seen some of it in the trailers, and I think it's done very well. Um, but also, the action is supposed to be incredible. This is just supposed to be a great movie. I'm a Charlize Theron fan. Um, I, I think she does a great job in a lot of the stuff I've seen her in, even if they're bad movies. Like, she still does a good job. Yeah, she's, she's a pretty solid actress. So, so I think this – I'm really excited. And, again, this is just a cool concept. It's a cool comic. Uh, it's really cool to see it turn into a live action show. And I feel like right now we are getting a ton, especially from Netflix, of image comics as properties. They and are getting a lot of love. Old lately. Guard, like Warrior Nun is an old Top Cow, cow comic, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, um, and, and so it's super cool. Snowpiercer. So there's a lot. And I think there's even more coming. So I'm really excited. Gideon Falls, uh, Chew. So Outer Darkness might eventually get some. So there's a lot. There's a ton of good stuff. Uh, but this is a fun comic. I really, I really like this comic. No, it's it's pretty neat. Uh, the art is not my favorite thing on here. The coloring is cool, but it's not very it's detailed. It's very old. It's very old school. Yes. Yeah. It feels like uh, it feels like a seventies or eighties book. Yeah. And Which. Yeah. Looks. It, the finish is really cool on it, but I could see how you feel like in comparison to something else. I've been noticing that a lot. The image does that a lot. I was reading Outer Darkness, and the art style is super, super, super different. Um, there was a Jurassic Park book I wanted to read because I love dinosaurs. And, God, the art was terrible. <laughs> it was that bad? Dude, uh, I wonder if I can find it. Even if it's not on the show, like, if I can, I'm going to find this art for you because okay. it, it was that bad. <laughs> like, uh, I love dinosaurs. I do, too. That makes me sad to hear that. But uh, but um, you but don't um, have to you don't have to review it on all right. on the screen. <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of curious. Jurassic. Uh, now I gotta remember which one it was too. It was like a newer one. I think it was the 2010 or the Devils in the Desert. I can't remember. I think it was 2010. That one. Oh. oh. Yeah. From oh god, 16. 
Uh, oh, just wait till you get to the actual comic. I think I don't feel like this is the one I read. No, maybe it is. Just get down to the yeah. This is it. Keep scrolling. This it's bad. It's so bad. <laughs> this looks like when like you like blurry. It doesn't look finished. No, it doesn't. Even the text like looks like. It crap. like oh my gosh, what was the name of that show? Uh, there was. A Look short at this thing. It's bad. This it's looks so like the Goombas bad. from the Mario yeah. movie. From the movie, yeah. It's real bad. Not even like... Oh, that's so weird. It's so bad. I was so disappointed because like, I'm sure there's a good one, but it's so dis- it's so bad. It looks like it was drawn with crayon. Oh, this guy from Lost World. It's so bad. And I'm so sad because, like, again, I love Jurassic Park. I actually have, like, I'm going to be, I have an Isla Nubar map in my cart right now do from you? my office. I love it. Um, I'm trying to do, like, a map room. So, yeah, it was bad. It's a little rough, a little rough, a little rough around the edges. But, uh, all right, everybody, I think that wraps it up. Hopefully, Mike will be back. Micah, not just Mike, Micah will be back next week. And, like I said, uh, get ready for some more some comic-con coverage we're going to try and discuss stuff as much as we possibly can uh you know and just kind of keep you guys updated and and keep up in our game so thank you so much for the support and uh looking forward to talk to you next week let's get nuts let's get nuts from the future telling you that your dream is going to come true what no way yeah you're going to have an awesome podcast called let's talk but no politics okay and new episodes come out every sunday on bsa favorite